Lease GM Brad Trilliving speaks on the new free agent crop and how the heck do the lease make it all work cap-wise. We'll explain all of that and more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. What's going on, pal? Busy weekend. Brad Trilliving got uh, got a lot done over the weekend and then spoke yesterday uh, on uh, on all of the moves that he was able to make. Just a quick recap for those who... I guess haven't been paying attention. I'm sure you're well aware, but Maple Leafs made four big time signings in the free agent market. Started out with Ryan Reeves, then they signed um, John Klingberg, and then day two, two big hitters bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi. So four new additions to the Maple Leafs squad. We'll tell you about how the cap situation will unfold from here on out because there's you know, a couple of things that need to be done for them to get cap compliant before the start of the regular season. So we'll walk through all of that. But first, why don't we touch on um, Brad Trilliving and, uh, and, and Tyler Bertuzzi, what they had to say when they spoke with the media uh, yesterday. Dave, what were some of the highlights from those discussions that you pulled out? Well, I mean, obviously with uh, Trilliving, I think the first one was when he was talking about Ryan O'Reilly. And this growing sentiment that he didn't want to be in Toronto because he had some sort of issue with the locker room. I thought that was a little, he, he said there was one line here. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, uh, let me see. I had it right here. Um, like when he was talking with the locker room, he, he mentioned like, you know, it's one thing he wanted to be back. He liked the locker room, but it was a bit, something about playing in your hometown that, you know, it's tough. And I think what it was really is, and Ali Freeman kind of touched on it on the 32 Thoughts podcast. We missed that one. He said it was about the attention that, you know, being the hometown person has, you know, not really the Toronto spotlight just didn't seem like it was for him. Which is bizarre because you feel like he would relish that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You feel like he would, he would thrive within that like he's such a gamer that he would want that challenge so that was kind of bizarre like i saw those quotes and i was reading that and it kind of you know i turned my head a little bit thinking like that's kind of weird to to hear from a guy who's you know as dedicated to his craft as ryan o'reilly is who think he would try and relish those type of opportunities to play for his hometown team but not everyone's wired that way not everyone's wired like max domi who's been dying apparently to be uh, a Maple Leaf. That was something that um, I obviously pulled out from Brad Trilliving's press conference yesterday, speaking on uh, those two players in particular, the Bertuzzi and Domi, how they've had Toronto high on their list. And, you know, Domi, I mean, the kid's a prodigy, right? Like he's a legacy player Mm -hmm. from uh, here in Toronto from, you know, his father, Ty Domi, obviously. And there's been a lot of Leaf fans who've wanted Domi on this team for a long time. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. 
What I did note also is we were having this debate on yesterday's show when the signing was made official, whether or not we see him as a centerman or a winger. And um, as of now, uh, it appears that they see him as a winger. Um, that was what uh, Brad Living said was, you know, as of now, we see him playing the wing, but that flexibility and versatility is, is always good to have. And I agree. And I think that there will be games or, or you know, certain moments and times where Domi probably does get tested out on the wing. If there's anything we know about Sheldon Keefe, it's that he's not shy to shake things up uh, really quick to the trigger to, to, you know, make some changes to his lineup. Um, and, and, you know, he can kind of do that Alex Kerfoot thing, I guess, where he can play on the wing and down the middle. And I'm sure he'll get an opportunity to do both through training camp and see where he's most comfortable at. But I would sounds as though they view him as, more of a, a middle six winger than they do as, as a centerman. Um, what else uh, stood, stood out to you from yesterday's presser? Oh, I mean, I'm going to read this quote exactly because I think everyone was gravitating towards it. He's like, we need a little bit more snot to our game, and I think Bertuzzi and Domi both bring a little bit of that. Obviously, the snot to our game is just like, Okay, that's an interesting word to use. Oh, I but love then, that. Yeah, I love oh, that phrasing. It's basically just piss and vinegar. Like it's the same he did thing. say piss and vinegar again too, and uh, a little later in that. But I think on top of that, this was the one that really uh, that really stuck out to me. As much as the games changed, something's never never changed. At the most important times, the ring shrinks. There's no space. You need courage, and we wanted to add players like that. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is it, it is important to have those type of guys. Yeah, and to have them higher in the lineup. That's been, that's been the problem here in Toronto. Is yeah, they've had guys who've had you know who've who've brought a little bit of snot, right? A little piss and vinegar. They've had those guys down the bottom of the lineup, right? They brought in Nolachari, who was able to come in and do that. They bring in the Wayne train every now and then. Oh, you know. Yeah, like fully, like those guys were down in the lineup though, playing third, fourth line minutes, playing you know eight minutes for for Wayne Simmons, you know, and like twelve minutes if you're Nick, if you're Noel Chari. They haven't really had those top end, top line guys who could bring that, uh, you know, playing up up near you know eighteen, nineteen minutes a game. Like that's just not what it's just like as much as you, people loved Michael Bunting, you know, he he didn't he wasn't he didn't bring snot right like. He didn't, he didn't go and jam it up. He was uh, a pest for sure, but he, he weren't afraid to play against. He wasn't hard to play against. Um, and obviously you look at the big four, that's not their game either. They're definitely skilled players and they're goal scorers. That's just what they are. And as Brad True Living said, is you, you need more than that. You need to complement those guys and surround them with dudes who are going to go to the hard areas, guys who are going to go to the net. Um, he was talking about Tyler Bertuzzi in particular. And, you know, what he was saying was what he liked about Bertuzzi was that he scores from the middle ice. He goes to the paint and scores goals. He's not afraid to, to get in the mix and muck it up. So, you know, 100%, I, I completely agree. Bringing in uh, these two players and more, more particularly, I guess, um, Bertuzzi, you're bringing in that PNV. You're getting in those 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 snotty dudes who can get in there and play top minutes. So not only can they chuck them around, but they can also play the game and score the goals. So uh, to me, I thought that uh, you know that was music to a lot of a lot of the uncles' ears. 
Uh, I know my uncle Chris probably smiling ear to ear when he heard that. I'm sure, there's a lot of other, you know, kind of uh, uh, older gentlemen who've been waiting for the Maple Leafs to make these Wendell Clark expeditions, and they've kind of done this here, and it seems to be an mo this off season. Um, and and I'm sure that they're not done. That was something else that it did also take away from the press conference is, is Brad Trilliving, you know, obviously says, yes, we've, we've done, you know, some, some things so far, but it's not over. They still uh, see some ways that they can improve this club and uh, we'll see what that looks like going forward. But um, before we kind of lay out what the cap situation now looks like after all these signings, was there anything else that uh, stood out to you from either Brad Trilliving or Tyler Bertuzzi's uh, press conferences yesterday? Well, I mean, like, I, th I think it was made known that Bertuzzi had the Leafs high on his list, but wasn't at the top of the list. Uh, you know, there was still Boston kicking around there. He it looked like he wanted to go back. I am so, can't see why not he wouldn't want to go back. But, you know, it looks like Boston kind of was a little too hasty to make other moves and lost out on the chance. And then the Leafs benefited a little bit from that. It was kind of like the Edwin Encarnacion situation, eh? Yeah, a little bit. That's what it sounds like. It's like they they wanted both parties wanted to have a, a reunion, and then you know Bertuzzi said, "I'll test the market and kind of see what's out there." And then by the time he went back, they're like, "Guy, we already gave your money away to other people. Sorry, it's not there anymore." So he had to pivot and go elsewhere. And hey, Toronto lucked out that time, right? Worked out yeah. in their favor, unlike it did with Incarnacion and uh, was that Kendry's Morales. They gave all that money to, yep. yeah. So, you know, luckily for uh, for the Maple Leafs, uh, Boston went and signed a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> Bertuzzi was able to come to uh, to Toronto and fill a, a, a major void. Um, yeah, it, it really sounds as though both of these guys really wanted to be here, though. You know, like Bertuzzi, they're both Ontario players. You know, so unlike Ryan O'Reilly, who you know, didn't want to have to play under that type of pressure. These guys do want to play uh, for this team and, and that type of pressure, especially Domi. You know, it sounds as yeah. though this guy's just been itching to be a Maple Leaf for, for years. Um, I know there was that quote that was going around when he got drafted by Montreal and he kept saying, oh, you know, Montreal's better now because of all those uh, photos of him in Leafs gear as a kid. But, hey. I'm sure if you go back and you ask him, like, hey, did you really mean that? He's going to tell you, hell no. Had to say it for in front of the cameras for my Montreal crowd. But now I'm home where I belong, and we'll get the party started here in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, both players excited to be here. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, good things come for uh, both these cats. Where do these signings put the Maple Leafs, though, in terms of the salary cap? Well, Dave... The answer is over the cap. We'll tell you how the Leafs can get under the cap and some other moves that might have to be done over the summer to uh, get into a better cap situation. So we'll explain all that on the other side, and we'll get to where some of the former Maple Leafs ended up getting paid in free agency. All that coming up in a little bit. But first, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under. So who do you think is going to score a home run? 
You can even bet hockey futures. Maple Leafs currently third, I believe, for the Stanley Cup odds. Uh, all of it on the app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than on FanDuel. It's North America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, the official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with my co-host, Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast you can find on YouTube. You can find it wherever you get your pods on audio form. We do upload new videos each and every day. So it's the off-season for most, but not for Dave and I. Dave and I are locked in on what's going on day-to-day with the Maple Leafs, and you can be too. Just subscribe to Locked on Leafs. Uh, let us know also down in the comment section below, um, you know, how excited you are for these new additions. Give us a grade. How did Brad Trilliving do in his first few days, uh, really his first few days as the Leafs GM uh, throughout for agency with the additions he's made? Do you think the team's better? Do you think the team is worse than they were when they uh, when he acquired them? Let us know in the comment section down below. I can tell you one thing about uh, about uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, Dave, and that's that uh, they're going to quickly become fan favorites. And you know that I'm a hockey card guy. Mm. I went to a hockey card show yesterday in Hamilton. You know what I saw a lot of that I haven't seen in a long time? Lots of Max Domi rookie cards. Everyone went through their boxes and pulled out all these Max Domi rookie cards and put them nice in front of everything, right in the center of all of the boxes and all the display cases. And I just thought it was absolutely hilarious to see people do that. Always. I remember when Ryan O'Reilly got traded too. I remember going to a box, uh, a show like a week later or a few days uh, afterward. Same thing. Ryan O'Reilly. All taken out of everyone's boxes, marked up higher than you would expect, and then put right in front on the uh, the showcases. And I expect absolutely uh, nothing less of uh, of those great vendors who do such thing to try and make a couple of bucks. And hey, it works because a lot of people were buying Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi cards yesterday, or uh, Tyler Bertuzzi cards yesterday. Um, all right, let's get to this cap situation though where the Maple Leafs uh, have themselves in. Uh, I think I can I can share, I believe. Well, I, I do have a graphic. I don't, are you going to show the cap-friendly page? Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, what graphic do you have? I have, well, I have a tweet from cap-friendly, actually. Ah, that works, too. So I think this is the one, potentially, you were going to talk about. Yeah, so this is where the Maple Leafs sit. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see here, cap-friendly has tweeted out where the Leafs sit cap-wise after the signings that they've made. Uh, they also signed Dylan Gambrell yesterday, too. I suppose we should mention that. Um, you know, he'll be a, a depth winger, Gambrell. He spent time in, in uh, Ottawa and I think San Jose also. Yeah, he was drafted by San Jose, then was yeah. traded to Ottawa. Yeah, no depth piece role player, um, you know, like a grinder, uh, journeyman type of guy. So I'm sure he'll factor in on, on the fourth line uh, or in the fourth line mix throughout the season. Um, so also Dylan Gambrell, welcome to Toronto. Let's not forget about that. Um, but yeah, uh, so where we sit with the Leafs cap situation, just scroll back up to the to the 
top of the tweet there, just so I can read everything that uh, that we have here. So yeah, so Dylan Gambrell signs one year, seven hundred seventy-five k. You've got Max Domi's one-year deal at three million. Tyler Bertuzzi's one-year deal at five point five million. John Klingberg's one-year deal at four point one five million. And then Ryan Reeves signed a three-year deal at one point three five million. After all those signings, the Maple Leafs currently sit um, with negative eight point eight million dollars in salary cap. Now you are allowed to exceed the salary cap. Um, so this is why the Maple Leafs are, are, you know, not in terrible shape. I know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of non-Leaf fans chirping at Leaf fans saying, how's this team going to get compliant? You're going to have to trade Nylander. You're going to have to trade all these pieces. That's not fair. How could the Maple Leafs go over the cap? You're allowed to go over the cap, uh, by 10% of the, the limit in the summer. So they're allowed to do this and they have until, literally until after training camp uh, to be cap compliant by the start of the season. So I'm sure all of that will happen. Um, and there's still more moves to be made, more additions and subtractions as well, I'm sure. Uh, so that's with a 22-man roster, though. So they can drop a player down off of the 22-man roster uh, to, to make it 21 if they need be. Could make it 20 even to, to really create some space, some more – things there but they also have uh some ltir candidates and and that is obviously jake muzzin so you put jake muzzin on on ltir which a lot of people are anticipating expecting and then you have negative 3.2 million dollars in cap space uh, at that point with uh with Ilya samsonov still to sign so how is it possible that the maple Leafs could possibly sign Ilya samsonov and get compliant when they're already $3.2 million over the cap. How could they possibly make all of this work? All right. Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you, Dave, we're going to tell the people exactly how that can happen. And and it, it really is quite simple. If you really want to, you know, if you, if you think about it, because um, a lot of it starts with uh, what we're looking at here when it comes to, um, making them cap compliant by figuring out what the heck you're going to do with this Matt Murray fella. Right, Dave? Like we've talked about this a lot. Talked about how this team, we talked a lot about how they should have bought out Matt Murray. I don't think a buyout is even on the option is going to be an option anymore. I know that there's that secondary buyout that if they end up bringing uh, Samson off to arbitration, which they very well might end up doing that. Um, then that would enact another a secondary buyout window in which Matt Murray could be bought out. But I don't know about you, but because of how tight the Maple Leafs are to the cap already, I'm not sure that they can actually even afford that $687,000 um, buyout hit for this year's cap, let alone next year's cap. I think they got to get rid of that whole full freight at this point with the trade. Yeah, and and I think CJ also reported that the Leafs are looking as through the trade route to make that you no know, to get rid of Matt Murray. I at this point, like the bio thing, I understand that when you were talking about it, you know they wait and see what Samsonov gets, and then they can uh, go through the uh, the second bio window. I feel like if they were going to do a bio, they would have done it already. Or I still think the best option would have been trade him to a team that will buy him out. So, you know, a team that maybe didn't want to hold on to Matt Murray or maybe Matt Murray was 
not willing to waive his no trade clause to go to a specific team. All the Leafs in the and the team had to do was just tell Murray, "We're trading here, but we're gonna we're gonna buy you out, and you get to go and sign wherever whatever team's willing to take a shot on you." Which at this point, I don't think many teams are gonna be looking to uh, Matt Murray as their uh, their starting goaltender, and they would be a fool to do that. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's there's a lot of teams that are looking to do that as well. So I'm just literally going to pick a random team just to trade him to, just because I just want to, you know, get this guy traded um, just to show and get him off of the books to show, because I'm, it'll take way more than a seventh round pick, obviously it's a, it's a trade for Matt Murray, but this is just, just to get him off the books here, just so we can show the cap situation. So you find a way to make a trade, you, you make it happen. Then all of a sudden you now have $1.4 million in cap space once they trade away Matt Murray. Now that's still not enough, Dave, to sign Ilya Samsonov. How much do you think it would it would cost to bring in Samsonov? What do you think that number will have to be at to get him locked up? Well, I think his qualifying offer is two and a half million. Uh, uh is it two and a half or is it one point eight? Well, his salary was one point eight, but I saw that his qual I, I pretty I think his I saw that his qualifying offer okay. was uh, two point. Either way, I, I think it'll cost more than two point five to eight. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, I th- I think he really wants to go to. Uh, I think he really wants to go to arbitration. So, to me, I I think the number is probably going to be in that three and a half to four million dollar range. Yeah, I would agree. Like. Yeah, I would agree with that. Somewhere in that realm. So, how can we get as close to that number as possible? Well, first and foremost, thanks for coming out, Dylan Gambrell. Uh, but we are going to have to send you down to the minors. This is not a team that's going to be able to carry uh, carry a lot of dudes on their roster, unfortunately. So he is going to have to go. Uh, Pontus Holmberg, you are you know waivers exempt, so you can also go down to the minors. And it will not hurt this team, not one bit, to uh, to send you there. So you also are going to have to go. And then, well, Robertson, if he's healthy, he comes back. He could be your fourth-line winger. Um, or, you know, you can set up these lines however you want to do it realistically. I'm just showing how the cap could work uh, potentially for these guys. But that leaves you with $3 million. And I don't know if $3 million is enough to get it done. Uh, worst case scenario, again, if you really have to get a little bit more cash, you can always send down. Um, you can always send down. Uh, Who did I just send down? I can't Connor believe that. <laughs> Connor Timmons. There, thank you very much. You can always send down Connor Timmons, and then that really gives you enough space with $4.1 million in cap space, which should be enough to sign Ilya Samsonov. Um, you, sh- you know, I think they're going to push for a short-term deal in the $3 million range, uh, just like, uh, so they don't have to do that so they can carry an extra body. So I'm just going to find, uh, actually I'm going to find him in RFA, not in UFA. So Elias Samsonov, I-, I am curious if he would be willing to take a short-term deal in the same way that we just saw Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi take short-term one-year deals, reset your market for when the cap goes up next year. And then maybe we could cash in. So, you know, for Samsonov, maybe because, you know, last year was a good season, but are you completely 
are you completely sold that this is your guy? Like, I don't know if he gets that four or five year deal in the four to $5 million range. Um, I'm just not sold that the Maple Leafs view him as the answer, especially a new GM coming in. Like there's still question marks on if Ilya Samsonov is for real. And if he can be, you know, uh, 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 a goaltender. I don't know if he's a starter or if you consider him a 1A, probably more of a 1A. That's what he's been. And for me, that might be worth, you know, I don't know if that that hits the $4 million range. So maybe just to make it all work, could you get him retained for $3 million bucks? Let's just say $3 million is is the number on a one-year deal, and then he hits the market again next year. And you can hopefully give him a couple of bucks or potentially he walks as a UFA. So I think he only has one year left as an RFA. Mm-hmm. So let's say you get this done one year, $3 million just to get him signed and into uh, into the building. And now all of a sudden you're sitting there. You got $1.1 million in cat space. Look at that. We don't have to actually send down Connor Timmons so we could call him back up to uh, to the team. So you don't have to lose him on waivers potentially. And there you have it. We now have a cap compliant team. Jake Muzzin's on LTIR, which is fully expected. And the Maple Leafs have about $56,000 in cap space with a 20 uh, man roster, 21 man roster rather. So that is how this team can get cap compliant. There's still some other moves that could be done. Uh, it, it doesn't appear as though there's uh, traction on a William Nylander extension. So could they maybe move off from that contract and open up some more space? Perhaps could they try and trade one of the other players that are here um, who are under contract? Perhaps that is something that they could look into. Maybe they do try and trade a Connor Timmons as well for someone who's a little bit cheaper, just to open up, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars more cap space to throw at uh, Ilya Samsonov to try and get it done. So there are a few ways that the Maple Leafs can get cap compliant um, as things sit right now uh, and still, you know, be uh, considered a a really good team. Um, But pretty much I think that's probably going to be the the routes that this team will go in. As of now, again, trades could completely change everything, um, obviously, but as the team is currently constituted, uh, I believe those are the routes that the Maple Leafs can go and uh, go through to get cap compliant and be ready to go for the season. Well, as you know, Bradshaw Living is not allowing Brandon Prim to get any food or water until he figures out the cap situation. That was, you know, that that was, I thought, I found that to be a little funny, but I I do think a trade or two are gonna is is in the works here. I I, I just I think True Living still wants to find a way to add a little bit more size to the back end, and you know I think you could see one of those defensemen being moved to make that make that a possibility. Yeah, I I, I think so as well. And um, like I was talking about before, you know we, we're I guess just to to put a quick bow on this conversation before we move on to the the Leafs who got paid. Uh, over the course of the last few days. Um, you know, when it comes to William Nylander in particular, uh, you know, we, we heard from Elliot Friedman in, in 32 Thoughts that it doesn't sound like things are close. Uh, it sounds as though William Nylander thinks his number should start with a 10, and the Maple Leafs think that his number should start with an 8. So that's pretty far in terms of negotiations. 
does that mean that if things don't progress quickly, um, that Brad Treliving will will start shopping Nylander? Uh, perhaps that could be the case. Like I, I you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds over the course of the summer. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a conversation we can discuss on a, on tomorrow's show, but yeah. it's it's going to be uh, that's going to be probably the more interesting one uh, over the next few weeks. The ne- that situation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely get into that a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, let's take one more quick break, and when we get back, we'll chat about all the former Maple Leafs who got paid in free agency. And man, did one contract ever blow my mind we'll tell you who that is on the other side i'm mike DeStefano with dave morissuti you're listening to the locked on these podcast part of the locked on podcast network welcome back into the locked on leaves podcast a daily maple leaves centric podcast you can find us wherever you get your podcast at also up on youtube we'd appreciate it if uh, you're enjoying the content that you would please subscribe and let us know how you're enjoying things down below. Let us know what you think of what Trap Brad Trilliving has done over the course of the last few days to set this team up for success. There's a little more snot on this group, but are they a better team? You can let us know your answer down below. Um, he did let go of a lot of players that, uh, that were dudes that Kyle Dubas targeted and brought in um, over the course of the last few seasons to to really turn over this team, turn over a new leaf, if you will. And uh, a lot of those players went on to make a lot of money, Dave. And I'm not shocked at all, to be quite honest with you, about most of them. A couple of them kind of head scratchers. But uh, certainly these dudes went and got the bag. And it's a, you know, thankfully Toronto did not feel like they had to compete. Uh, Once these offers were out there, I am, you know, I wonder if things would have been different, though, like if Dubas was around, you know, like would Dubas had tried to fight a little harder to keep a Shen, to keep a, 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 an Achari, a Hall, a, maybe a Bunting, you know, would he have fought to keep Ryan O'Reilly in the fold? Would it have mattered, uh, you know, when it comes to O'Reilly? It's, it's it, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about the kind of what if game if uh, Kyle Dubas was around, how different the last few days might have been. But no point in going down that rabbit hole because he is not here. He is in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> and uh, he did bring in a one of those players, actually, acquiring Nola Chari for the second time in a few months. They bring him into Pittsburgh, a three-year deal at $2 million bucks per season. Um, a deal that, hey, I would have liked to see the Maple Leafs actually make that signing, to be honest with you, but he's off to Pittsburgh. Brian O'Reilly signs a deal four years, four and a half million dollars. He's off to Nashville. He'll be joined by Luke Shen signing three years at $3 million uh, or 2.75. Actually, I think it was in yes. uh, Nashville. That was my bad. Yeah. Michael Bunting three years at four and a half, I believe is what he signed yeah, they, there. The graphic got, got something happened with the graphic there. I had yeah. 4.5. All good, I, buddy. He goes to Carolina, three years, $4.5 million. Justin Hall signing three years, $3.4 million with Detroit. We'll go into that detail in just a sec if those watching can see Dave Morissuti just holding his head, thinking to himself, what the heck is Stevie Y doing over I'm in not, Detroit? I'm trying not to laugh at the, at the Red Wings for that one. 
Yeah, they made a couple of interesting moves. And they have the last couple of free agencies. Uh, Eric Gustafson going to the New York Islanders, a one-year deal at $875,000. And Alex Kerfoot signing in Arizona, making uh, $3.5 bucks on a uh, two-year contract there. So he's off to Mullet Arena. Um, Of those contracts, the former Maple Leafs, uh, you know, is there what – what one stood out to you as value deals? Which one really confused the heck out of you? And is there one that you wish that maybe Toronto would have matched at uh, at some point? Well, I thought the um, I thought the Chari deal was actually a pretty pretty decent value for what he brings. Um, so I thought that was not, you know obviously it's one that the Leafs felt like they couldn't really do because they did the Ryan Reeves deal and how many, how much are you really going to pay guys in your bottom six? You got to eventually, you know, you have to, you have to set the limit at some point. I thought the Justin Hall one was obviously ludicrous. Uh, the bunting one wasn't bad for Carolina. They need guys in their top six and they didn't have pay a lot. You know, can, like, you know, we've seen guys, I say worse than Michael bunting get more. And longer term, like he only got three years. I, I think the Ryan O'Reilly one, that's I think that's about right. That's kind of where I had him in my you know desire to bring him back to the Leafs. I didn't like the idea of going over five. I think Nashville obviously got the benefit of the no tax part. Not entirely. I'm not the person that thinks that's the only reason why the salary cap was a little cheaper. It's also, you know, Nashville is a different place than Toronto, as I mentioned. It's an easier market to play in if you don't like the attention 24 seven. So yeah, I thought the O'Reilly one that that was a digestible number. If the lease had done that, I would have been fine with that. Um, So yeah, but there were some really like, like Luke Shen good on him for securing the, the, the multi-year deal and at a pretty decent cap it considering he's been bouncing around on one, two year deals for less than league minimum. Yeah, the, the Leafs couldn't compete with that number. Just they simply could not offer him anywhere near that number. Um, I mean, we were talking like in the $2 million range potentially, and that was even kind of stretching it a little bit. For a guy like Luke Chen, he ends up signing 2.75. Kind of the, the exact same contract that Labushkin signed uh, last year coming out of Toronto. Much. Yeah, pretty much identical deals. Um, okay. Talk to me about your thoughts on Justin Hall signing in Detroit at $3.4 million for the next three seasons. I I, I know he made $2 million in his last deal. I know he's played top four and penalty kill. But, like, if you're Detroit, why are you giving this guy that many years? And, I, like, a, a raise There's I can a market under- for him. There's a market for Justin Hall. There was a market for this guy. I I said all along that people are going to be shocked when Justin Hall uh, makes too much money, and it's exactly what happened. Like there there were three by three contracts all over the place for this guy, and Detroit beefed up their their uh, offer to three point four, and he picks them. Yeah, and so, you know what? I'm glad he's staying in the division because the Leafs are going to be seeing a lot of him, and I'm not even worried about that. No, you know Justin Hall is going to become Super Saiyan top four D-man now with Detroit, and Leaf fans are going to rip their hair out saying, where was this guy? Like, well, he was there. Just, you know, you were too busy having predetermined 
hatred on the guy that you never really appreciated what he brought. Uh, so there's that. Another guy who there was some predetermined hatred on all the time who got absolutely paid also, former Maple Leaf Pierre Engvall. Seven years, Dave. Got a seven-year deal with the New York Islanders. Seven years at $3 million per season. What possessed Lou Lamorello to look at Pierre? And I'm a Pierre Engvall guy. I, I think he's a good player, a good role player, good bottom six guy. But to look at Pierre Engvall and say, he's part of our core long-term. We got to get him locked up for the next seven years. What could possibly be going through Lou's mind? Is is he finally losing it, man? Like, I can understand if you're doing a seven-year deal and maybe it's coming in at like a two, two and a half million dollar cap right. hit because... Like we saw with Miles Wood. Miles Wood signed a exactly. six-year deal, but at two and a half million bucks. I mean, three million isn't all isn't that large when you look at it. Like, Pierringville played pretty well when he went to the island. Like, they clearly like what they saw uh, with him both in the, in the regular season and in the playoffs, um, you know, to keep up has a little bit of speed on the wings. They kind of needed that type of player, but it's just like the term just seven years. Can he do that for seven years? I, I don't know. Like that's, that's not a small, like an insignificant amount of money, $3 million. Like cap's going to rise a lot over the course of that contract, but still that's, whew, that's quite the, quite the deal that Pierre got for himself. Yeah, I think um, I think that was a little much. I mean, well, he wasn't the only one that got a seven-year deal. Scott Mayfield also got a seven-year deal. You know, the big one was supposed to be the Sorokin eight-year deal. And then I was like, you know what? Since we're giving Sorokin eight, we might as well give these guys seven. We'll just make it easy. You don't have to... Just, I don't have to worry about too many contracts after this. It feels like Lou's just trying to make it easier on his life to get so many of these long-term deals done. Cause yeah. that's my only explanation for it at this point. Honestly, it's, it was uh, a bit of a baffling one. I will say that. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of uh, one that really came out of nowhere too, was just at the end of like the deadline, all the, the trade or the free agent shows right there at the end, Lou sneaks in those signings and it's pure angle seven years Three million per wild, wild deal. Uh, any anything else actually around the around the league while we're while we're there? Just kind of a, a deal that you like the fit or uh, a, a a good value signing around the NHL that you think will, will really help the team. I mean, I wanted Carson Soucy. I don't know if maybe that that contract was a little little rich, but I thought it was a it wasn't a terrible deal. Dude, I'm give me Stussy at three and a half over over yeah. Klingberg at four one five all day, all yeah, day. Like, like he was, ex- he was, he was my top defensive target for the Leafs, and for some reason, I, I think he probably just wanted to stay on the West Coast. It just yeah. like that. That's where that's where he wanted to stay. But I, I really liked Carson Susi. He was like my, he was he was my Pierre Engvall in a way. He's the guy I really wanted in Toronto. Just uh, wasn't able to make that work. I'm I'm surprised Auntie Ranta got what he got in Carolina. I think it was one point five. Like it was like it wasn't a lot considering he's he played a significant number of games for them last year. Yeah, even uh, um, Freddie didn't get paid 
as much as I thought he would. Like he took a a, a pay cut after being one yeah. of the top tandem goaltenders of the of the season last year. Um, took a pay cut to to return to to Carolina. Yeah, I thought that that was uh, definitely interesting. How about Carolina also adding Vladimir Tarasenko to uh, to their group? That's going to be oof. That's a that is a tough tough uh, looking lineup at this point. They're going to be they're going to be a hard out. I'll tell you that come playoff time. Um, I also like the Susi deal. I thought that was one of the bigger value deals on the day, getting him uh, at three and a half uh, at, on a three year deal. Like I said, I I would have preferred. I legitimately would have preferred Carson Soucy uh, and maybe even bringing back Eric Gustafson um, and as opposed to bringing in John Klingberg. Like, not that I think Klingberg's going to be a complete tire fire, but he's just a little bit too much money for a big question mark. Someone who, you know, has seen his game trending in the downward direction over the last few years, whose defensive numbers are abysmal. Like, yeah, of course, he's going to help this team's power play. Probably play PP1, put up a bunch of points. But if he's going to be, uh, you know, a black hole defensively, was it worth it? We'll find out, right? We'll definitely it was actually find 3.25 out. per year for Carson Soucy. Boom, there you go. 3.25 million per year. Exactly. Would have been way cheaper. And then we wouldn't have had to, you know, worry about uh, having to maybe wave you know, Dylan Gambrell and, and wave, uh, Hunter Timmons. He Hunter was like, Timmons and, yeah. Yeah. So, but now they decided to go in the direction of John Klingberg. They did kick tires. I, I did see that. Um, I think Elliot Friedman was reporting in the podcast that they did kick tires on Carson Susie, but Susie pivoted and, and wanted to stay out West and, uh, sign with Vancouver. There, um, Oliver Ekman Larson was another one, and Matt Dumba too. Yeah, yeah. So Toronto, they were looking for for defensemen, big defensemen who could who could skate and and have a long stick. That seems to be what uh, old Brad Trilliving was looking for in free agency. He ended up with John Klingberg. Doesn't appear that he's done addressing the back end either. So still work to do, according to General Manager Brad Trilliving. Not quite hanging up the phone and hitting the uh, hitting the the lake just yet. Um, still some work to be done for him and the Maple Leafs. Uh, well, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast, Dave. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms, including up on YouTube. You can re- you'll receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more suity and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to smash that like button. Subscribe if you enjoyed what we had to say today and leave a comment down below your thoughts on the Maple Leafs offseason so far. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.